Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. Father, we just thank you for this day. Man, I feel the presence of the Lord in this house. Father, we just thank you for this day. Father, we thank you that this is the day that you have made. This is no ordinary day, but this is the day that you have made. Father, we're here to rejoice and be glad and thankful in it. Father, I pray this morning as we open your word, God. Father, your words are spirit, Jesus. You said your words are spirit and they are life. Father, I thank you for your people being filled with life today in this house as they set up under the living Word of God. For the Word of God is quick and powerful, according to Hebrews 4.12. The Word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide soul and spirit. And Father, I just thank you, Lord, this morning that your people in this house will leave this place lifted up, built up, strengthened, Father, Ready to go out this week, God, to make a difference and an impact in our community and in their community, Father. Lord, I bless them this morning. I bless them. Father, we just declare, anoint our ears to hear, Father, this morning. Anoint our ears to hear and anoint our eyes to see, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I thank you that this is a great day. This is a great day. It's a great time to be alive, Father. This is a great season to be alive in, Father. I thank you that the greatest has not been told yet, Father. I thank you that there are great days ahead of us, Lord, as the people of God. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for the breakthroughs, Lord, that you're making way in this house. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. You know, it's, I'm just telling you, right here in this, in this we sing about the way maker. I just watched God do a miracle at this altar. I watched God do a miracle. Did you not just get a miracle? Father, I just thank you that you're a way maker and that you're so good. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's go to Galatians chapter 4. You there? Nobody rush out. We're going to do a baptism today. And, um, and as we do baptisms, anybody that wants to do uh, get baptized, you're welcome to, to get in the tank. But we're going to do a, a baptism this morning and celebrate what God's doing in Trey's life. Amen? Come on, let's do that. All right, Galatians chapter 4. You there? If you ain't found it by now, you're probably not going to find it. So just trust I'm going to read it to you, okay? Listen, this is a subject that's very dear on my heart. Thank you right there. That's really good right there. But um, this subject is really dear on my heart. And so I don't know. I've just really been in this vein. I really, really just felt like last week we were preaching about um, it was Father's Day. And we, we just, I really just went on this line. How many knows to, to, if we're ever going to get a father, we first got to have a son. And so this morning, I just want to talk about the heart attitude of sonship. I want to talk about maturing. Uh, how many knows that uh, we don't mind changing diapers on the babies when they're six months? Come on, somebody. But, but we don't want to change the diaper on a 20-year-old. All right. It goes the same thing in the church, too. We want to talk about maturity this morning. How many knows that God wants us to mature and grow up into the things of God, right? 
Y'all with me? Y'all going to stay alive for 45 minutes? If you help me, I'll preach 45. Without no help, it takes an hour and a half. So you, you, uh, you decide. Come on. All right. You ready? Uh, Gal- Galatians chapter 4. Uh, verse 1, we want to start here. It says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the appointed, uh, until the time appointed by the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in the bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Now let's look at this verse 1 and 2 again. Now I say that the heir... As long as he is a child, look at this, as long as he is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave. Though he is master of all, but is under guardians guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Now I just want to do a little recap and we'll try to go further than this. Last week, because we only had three that raised their hand and said they remember what we talked about. I don't know if that's because you're hard of hearing or I'm such a poor preacher. So we're going to try to remind you a little bit. In Proverbs chapter 20 verse 21 says, An inheritance gained hastily or gained swiftly uh, will not be blessed at the end. How many knows that there's something called process that all of us will walk out in our lives? There are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. We all have a process. And all of our process has to do with our de- determining our calling, our gifting, whatever God placed on the inside of us. It determines the process in which God chooses for us to walk us out. But God is in the, he, he, God, God get, gifts are free, but maturity is expensive. Listen to me. Gifts are free, but maturity is expensive. Not everybody wants to be mature. That's why everybody's not mature. It's a whole lot easier to live when mom and dad pay the mortgage. But it's God's will that you have an SUV and a mortgage. I remember sitting in high school thinking if I could ever get out of here this prison camp, things are going to be better. How many knows high school wasn't that bad? Come on now. So here's the deal. A child, a child is heir of all. You and I are heir. We are joint heirs with Christ. Every promise that was to Christ, you and I have been now drafted, have been grafted into that promise. And those promises are to us. And we cry out to God, God, why don't you feel your, fulfill your promises? And I believe there's many things that God wants to give us, but we got to get it a place to receive them. God doesn't waste anything. He doesn't put new wine into old wineskins. He develops the skins to hold the wine. When Jesus did a fish fry, he made them pick up the fragments. So God is wanting to mature us to walk into things that he's called us to. So this scripture out of Proverbs, an inheritance gained swiftly will not be blessed in the end. Listen to this. The strength to hold it comes from the struggle to obtain it. You remember Rebecca went to God and said, God, why is there a struggle inside of me? She said, because he, he said, because there's two nations shut up in your womb. Listen to me. The greater your destiny is, the greater the struggle it is they're going to get there. It's a good. All right, you, you with me? All right, 
If you arrive at the destination without the process, you will find yourself unqualified to reign over what you have built. How many knows this? With an inheritance, one generation has to work hard to get the inheritance, right? And so they hand off. They hand it off. Listen, if we hand it off to immaturity, we will squander what's been handed to us. But God never expects us to squander what's been handed to us because the kingdom knows only increase. Are you with me now? God expects us to bring increase to what we're handed. If you're handed $10, let me tell you something. God expects $20 when he comes back. It's just the way it works. You say, well, Lord. Romans 8. Let's go here. We look at these verses of Scripture. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says this For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. What is a sign of maturity that you can be led by the Spirit? Now, notice this a child has to be under guardians. Listen to this a child is under guardians. We have three, three boys. My seven-year-old doesn't wake up in the morning, so I just want to go, Daddy, I can't wait to get up and brush my teeth. What do you have to do? Go brush your teeth. What do I have to do before he goes to bed? Go brush your teeth. But how many knows when he's 25, if I'm still having to brush his teeth, he ain't going to have teeth. You see this. Here's the deal. The, the child, as long as he's immature, he has to have guardians. Listen to me. What God wants you to do is raise you up to a place that your guardian is the inward indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That you are led by the Spirit and not by your outside. Oh, this is good. You're not led by the flesh, nor are you led by what is going on outside around you. You're led by the internal dwelling of the Holy Spirit. These are the sons of God. What? Those that are led by the Spirit. Now look at this. For the, for the earnest... Exp- Hold on, where am I at? Right here, verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself, the Spirit Himself bears witness, um, bears witness uh, with, with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, you don't hear that preached anymore, that we may also be glorified together. Uh, be glorified together. Listen to this. There can be no resurrection without a death. Huh? Did Jesus not say, if you what? Deny yourself. This is a sign of maturity. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow after me. What? Deny yourself. How many knows as children we don't deny ourselves? How many knows as children we used to hear this that, well, it's more blessed to give than receive? What? You remember that being as a child? It's more blessed to give than um, receive. I'm just trying to lighten the load up. How many know? Here's another one as I heard as a child. This hurts me when I got this. This is going to hurt me more than it's hurting you. Are you lost your mind? Let me hold the bell. But how many knows it does really hurt more? The father, huh? And how many knows this, that when you got kids on Christmas morning, when, when you get children, you realize that it is more blessed to give than receive. But the immaturity keeps us from seeing some of this. Now look at this. And it says, um, 
For I consider, look at verse 18, for I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. I grew up hearing this preached as, you know, the present suffering, us hanging out here in the world. If we could just hang on, it's not going to be compared to the glory when we get to heaven. Let me tell you another side of that. It's about if you want to become a dentist or you want to be a doctor, how many knows there's some present suffering called med school? Come on now. If you want to own your own contracting business, how many knows you don't start out as owner of the contracting business? You usually start out as a grunt and a help. We've been doing a tile project at my house, and, and I've been the grunt having to tote tile and slate out there around my back door, our back patio. I don't want to be that. But listen, before you own your own business, you're going to have to help somebody else in their business a lot of times. Are you with me? It's called process. So the present suffering that I'm enduring shall not be compared to the glory. If I can restrain myself for eight years and make it through med school, there's a glory at the end called graduation. All right. So the the part of sonship in maturity is you're going to have to learn. Listen to me. You're going to have to learn how to suffer some things. That happens with everybody. This is not just in the church. This is in all walks of life. This starts on the job. This starts at the school. This starts on the ball team. Listen, most people, don't, most people are not born and gifted to be able to go straight to MLB. So you're going to have to learn how to suffer some things. Can you keep your attitude while you're riding the bench and still be for the team? As I've always been told, there's no I in team. Can we be faithful to show up on the job site? Come on, somebody. All right, just trying to help. Y'all get alive in a minute. I'm going to preach something good in a minute, okay? Go to Hebrews chapter 5. I'm trying to get in a hurry to recap this. Hebrews chapter 5. Look at this. Verse of Scripture right here in Hebrews chapter 5. 5 through 9. So also Christ did not glorify himself to become the high priest, but it was he who said to him, You are my son. Today I've begotten you. As he always says in another place, You are a priest forever. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with vehement cries and tears to him, who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Look at this. Though he was a son, listen to this. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Look at this. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation. Uh, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Look at this. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with cries to him who was able to save him from death, and when he was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, say that though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. This word suffer means to put up with some things or tolerate some things. Now now I can just say this, on my life, coming up through the ministry, I'm going to use my life because I know it better than anybody else. First of all, I didn't start out holding a microphone. First of all, I knew that God had called me. And I believe that with, with, with the ministry, it starts, you start with no paycheck. You start with no attaboys, first of all, because why? you got to learn how to get your attaboys from, the, from God. Are you with me now? Listen to this. To live by the praises of men means you will cave in and die by the criticisms of men. 
Listen, that's good. To live by the praises of men means you will die by the criticisms of men. So we have to learn how to serve. All leadership, listen to me, all leadership starts at the very back, at the very back of the bus. Nobody starts out as the driver. If you start out as a driver, I can promise you, you're headed for a wreck. It's only a matter of time. Why? Because you have not went through a process and learned how to handle what you've been given. This is good preaching, y'all. I'm telling you now. Listen, so it starts out at the back. I started out at the back of the church. Realized I was called when I was 18 years old. Went to my pastor and said, I feel like God's called me into the ministry. Why do you feel like God's called you into the ministry? Well, number one, my heart's burning for it. I'm preaching. I'm preaching on my job every day. I told her the red pocket New Testament Bible. Had a couple encounters with the Lord. And, and so this is how it starts out. And I remember preaching the first couple of times. And thought I did very poorly and wanted to give up. Let me say this. If you can give up, you probably wasn't called to start with. Come on, somebody. Anything that you want to do, whether it's be on your own business or whatever, this is the first thing you, to get there is you cannot give up. You will have every opportunity to throw in the towel. You will have every opportunity to give up and quit, but you cannot give up and quit. Come on. we got to learn how to endure some things. And we as millennials have lived in this microwave society. We forgot the old timers used to say this. We will, we will pay and then play. My generation wants to play and at the end pay. Come on. All right. So we start out. Now, I didn't start out with my first church till I was 26. Now, I ain't going to preach like my dad used to tell me. You know, my dad, he walked, up to, he walked to school up hill both ways in snowshoes in South Georgia. <laughs> Didn't get his first bicycle when he was 17. All these kind of stories. <laughs> like Asher said, we was riding down the road one day. He said, Daddy, you know, he said they had, they had dinosaurs back in the 80s. I said, that's right, buddy. <laughs> Learning how to suffer some things. But in the ministry, listen, where it started out for me is when finally I was, they recognized I was called to preach. And I started preaching a little bit. Now, I, I will say this. I had, I had a good bit of success when I was 19 and 20. I was traveling. I was booked. I thought I was going to be on TBN by the time I was 22. That didn't work out. I'm 39. Still not made it there. I did preach one time on TV. I was told I was going to preach on TV. I was 21 years old, Jess. And I told the whole family, I said, I'm going to preach on TV. And I went to Moultrie, Georgia. Hadn't even been on this side of the state. I got sent to Moultrie, Georgia to preach on TV. And I was looking for the audience. They wasn't nobody in there. One man running two cameras. That's where you can see if you can preach. But how many knows there was a process to come up? We started out as youth ministry. We did youth ministry. The Bible says it like this. God trusts us to see if we can be faithful with the little. Can, will you, can you be faithful? Listen to me. Can you be faithful to do teenage ministry? How many knows in starting doing teenage ministry I had to learn how to do a budget? You don't start out learning how to do a budget for a church this size until you first learn how to do a budget to this, for 20 teenagers. I had to figure out how much would it cost us to go to camp. How much would it cost us to take the kids here. I had to learn how to budget the money. Then I had to learn how to sit down with my pastor and see if we were going to be able to go. Because back then, we got, what did we get? Like $50 a week given to the youth ministry. How are you going to raise teenagers on $50 a week? All right. 
So you got to learn how to be frugal. <laughs> Make it work. Listen to this. Listen here. <clears throat> how many knows that in Luke chapter 15 that the son went to the father and said, give me my inheritance? The father didn't give him his inheritance. He gave him money. Listen. Father's a whole lot more wiser. Come on now. He gave him money. How many knows your inheritance ain't, ain't just money? It's far more than that. Scripture never says he gave him any land. He gave him some money. Because he was about to show him he wasn't quite as ready as what he thought. First of all, how we know he was still immature? Because he was still living for himself. A father or, or would never live for himself. He'll live for the life of his children. Come on now. I said the father will never live for himself. Listen, any true father face three biscuits on the table and you got three, three sons, it, ain't no, it shouldn't be no question who's going to fast. Huh? Now listen to me. So the father gave him money. Why did he give him money? Because money, how you handle money is your interest in how God, God deals with you in the kingdom. Come on now, shout me down while I'm preaching good. Luke 16 says, if you can't be faithful in ungodly mammon, how in the world can you be trusted with true riches? How we handle the money. Come on, somebody. This is very important to God. So God gives him an inheritance. So listen here. Here's the pathway of sonship to the father. The son from zero to 12, he's tutored and mentored. When he turns 12, he's now handed over and he's going to work as an apprentice by his dad. There's no better training than on-the-job training. Listen, you can get what you can get out of books, and I'm all for that, but there's some things that a book can't tell you. There's some things that only life can tell you. And what a father brings, father doesn't bring education. Father brings experience to the table. Come on, y'all, this is good. Stay with me. Fathers bring experience. So when the son is 0 to 12, he's got it in the books. Are you with me now? Now he's about to get the experience to go alongside what he just read in the book. So he gets right alongside of the father. Throughout this time from, Z, from 12 to 30, he's not drawing a paycheck. He don't need a paycheck. Why? Because everything he needs is taken care of. He's living in father's house. He's driving father's car. He's got father's credit card. Everything he needs is taken for and care of by the father. But what is this time period teaching? Can he be faithful to father's mission or is he going to go rogue and go off his own mission? Come on, somebody. Don't they, why did Jesus didn't heal not one person, cast out one devil till he was 30? Why? Because God the Father was seeing if Jesus could be faithful to his earthly father, which was Joseph. Can you show up to work every day? Come on, somebody. Can you be the faithful carpenter's boy? And then when Joseph died, can you take over the carpentry business? And can you operate it like that? If you can be trusted with Joseph's mission, for surely I can trust you with my mission. And so at the age of 30, Joseph dies. He goes to the river Jordan to be baptized by John. Then the Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove. Now we see Jesus, the Son of God, manifesting on the earth. This is good. The son don't start out owning nothing. Man, I'm telling you. Boy, I, I want to get. We got society full of people think that everybody owes them something. Nobody don't owe you nothing, friend. Listen, salvation is free, but maturity is expensive. I don't care what side of the tracks you was raised on or you come up on. You don't have to stay there, friend. Come on now. If God is for you, then who in the world could be against you? Use what you've been given. When he went to Moses to lead, listen, God went to Moses and said, lead three and a half million people out of 
the land of Egypt. Could you imagine God appearing to you tonight and say, I want you to lead three and a half million people. He said, Moses, my, 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 you. Moses is on the run anyhow. Come on, someone. He starts out a basket case. He goes up to Pharaoh's house. He's not trained as a slave, but he's trained as a king's kid. Then he, then anger gets a hold of him. He kills an Egyptian. Now he's on the run in the desert. And God speaks to him and says, go deliver three and a half million Israelites out of Egypt. He said, I don't have nothing. He said, what's in your hand? I come to tell you whatever's in your hand is all you need. Whatever God put in your life when he brought you here in the earth is all you need. Some of you can sing. Some of you good with numbers. Develop what is in your hand. He said, there's nothing in my hand but a, but a stick. He said, throw it down, Moses. Moses threw the stick down. The stick became a snake. He said, pick it up by the tail. He picked it up by the tail. It became a stick again. What do you have in your hand? See, followers look around and see what's lacking. But a leader develops himself to take care of what's lacking. Now, let's see this. Y'all all right? All right, listen here. Now, when he's 12, he's going to work as an apprentice. Doesn't receive a check. Everything he needs is provided for by the father. Now, this is why in the story of Luke 15, he comes back. Remember, he comes back to the father. He blows his money out on wild living. Come on, somebody. He went to Vegas, made it back. He makes up this story when he comes back. And he said, I've blown it as an apprentice. Now, what I'm going to try to do is make it back because I'm tired of eating with these pigs. At least if I come back, I'm going to be a slave this time if I come back. I will at least receive a weekly pension. Come on now. But look at the grace of the Father. The Father says, son, you're never, ever going to receive the weekly pension. Because you were never destined to be a slave. You're destined to be a son. Come back up in the house right here. Now, if you'll sit at my feet for a few more years instead of quit wanting what I have. Come on now. I just look back, see, how many knows this? A lot of times we take our dads for granted. I'm one of them. I, well, you would have never, if, you if I would have told you to told me when I was 25 that I was going to lose my dad the following year, I'd have laughed at you. He was a horse of a man. But it, within one year, I lost my dad. And now I go back to thinking, about all the times he was doing something, I just wasn't paying attention or I had better things to do. So now he brings his son back in. He puts the, puts the robe on him, puts the ring and the shoes, all this. He brings him back in and he's going to train him up to learn how to receive his inheritance, okay? Now let's go a little further because we got a long ways to go, but we're going to do it. I'm going to get there. I'm going to do what they say can't be done, okay? Smoking the bandits, I'm quoting to you, not the Bible, right here. Listen to this. 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Let me quote it for the sake of time, but you mark it right there. I remember I was probably about 23. I got the opportunity to preach um, a pastor appreciation service for my pastor. And I was praying and asking God, God, give me a message. Nobody else has preached. 
I said, I, I mean, I was really praying about this thing. And the Lord took me to this, to this uh, verses of Scripture. Now, you may have heard this preached to date. I've never heard it preached like the Lord gave it to me. And in this story, Elisha is building, he's building the school to house the school of the prophets because the place where they were at was too small. And he's building this place and he's building this school for the school of the prophets. And there was a young man there that was, they, they, had, they had tools that they was using and they had this axe. And this one young man was swinging and he was cutting down trees. And as he cut down the trees, the axe head flew off and went into the water. And he cries out to Elisha. And he said, he said, um, he, he cried out for help and he said, help me. King James renders Elias, my master. He said, for the axe was a borrowed axe. The Lord just started dealing with me that. When I read that verse of scripture, the Lord started dealing with me. Let me say this. All of us in here, we start out with a borrowed axe. You don't inherit your own axe. Come on. He's swinging a borrowed axe and he cries out for Elisha that, listen, this thing's borrowed. I can't, I can't just let it, I, I can't let that axe head just stay in the river. It's borrowed. It's not even mine. This is how we start out. You, 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 you start out this way. On a job or whatever else is, listen, uh, the few people just, most of the time we're going to start like this. And you start with the borrowed axe. But how do you swing the borrowed axe determines whether God causes your own axe to float to the water. This is what he spoke to me. I was 23 in my prayer room. He said, if you'll be faithful to swing the borrowed axe of your pastor, I will touch the water and I will cause your axe head to float. Listen, I would never be standing here today if I wasn't faithful to swing to swing the borrowed axe when my pastor said hey I don't need you as a preacher today I need you as a custodian well let me be the custodian glory to God let me be the children's pastor let me do whatever it takes see here let me say this I'm not talking about brown nosers God don't bless a brown noser I'm talking about this is a heart this is a heart that is cut that says, I don't want nothing of my own unless God give it to me. Come on, somebody. Right now, I see your place is my place. Come on, somebody. We need some rules to rise up in the house of God. Naomi, your people going to be my people. Your God going to be my God. Your land going to be my land. I'm going to treat it just like it's my own. How do you handle that? Some of us say, God, I, I wish you'd bless me to be able to build a great mighty house. And you rent your own house. And you got weeds in your flower beds. Your grass ain't cut. Come on, somebody. I came to preach up in here this morning. And you can't even take care of what you're renting. How in the world are you ever going to get your own? Right. Oh, that's hard. Someone says, man, he mad. No, I'm trying to grow you up. I can love on you and bottle feed you and burp you out the door and your life ain't never going to change. Or I can feed you the word of God and say, listen, it's high time we grow up. Lord, ain't he love us? Yeah, I love you. I love my boys too. When I snatch them up, they know I love them. Why? Because we're going to quit that. <laughs> you got to be faithful with the borrowed axe you treat it like it's your own heard a story one time 
probably going to butcher it up. Okay? So if you know the story better than me, this, this, I'll probably butcher it so bad I ain't no need to say it. Let's just go on. <laughs> you ready? Listen, I can't tell you how much that God watches you when you have the borrowed axe in your hand. I can't tell you how much he watches when you have the borrowed axe. I cannot tell you enough how much God is watching you when you have the borrowed axe. He watches your heart. Now, did we get it all right? No, I've shared the stories of that. I didn't get it always right. You know what I'm saying? But let me tell you one thing about God. God gives open book tests. When you fail it, you get to go around it again. How many knows you get? You know that the children of Israel, like, you know, I mean, Moses, I'm pretty sure now. I'm pretty sure we've seen this part right here. Uh, Moses, you, I mean, you might want to get on up that mountain right there. You know they had to be. You know, Aaron, would you please talk to me? I'm pretty sure we've seen this place now about eight times. Why did they wonder like that? How many, why, the Bible answers that question. Why did the children of Israel wonder like that? Why did they wonder? The scripture says in Corinthians, they wondered in their heart. Whatever's going on in your heart is what's going on in your outside world. All right. Luke chapter 16, you there? Luke chapter 16. Let's read these verses of scripture right here. Grant, my oldest son, I'm going to put this on podcast for you. I'm cutting up. Go to bed every night. Listen to this message. Listen right here. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust in also in much. Look at this. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you your who will give you what is your own? Let's look at this again. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful in also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon. Who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if, you, and if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Now, <clears throat> how to handle the little. Now, I've heard people say this. If I made $12, if they paid me $12 an hour, I'd work twice as hard. I'm telling you, that's not a true statement. You would be just as lazy as you are at $10 an hour. Let's break it down to the hard stuff right here, okay? Because I'm going to try to get thrown out today. No, I'm cutting up. <laughs> Listen. God honors how we handle the little. Listen to me. If you want a key to increase in your life, it starts with thankfulness. You with me? Huh? Thankfulness. Father, I thank you for this place right here, God. I thank you that you have provided for us in this season right now, God. I thank you that you have blessed my employer to pay me $10 an hour, whatever it is. Father, I thank you for that. 
we bow our head over every meal. Father, we thank you that by your hands we're fed. Give us this day our daily bread. Thank you for answering our prayers. Murmuring is the key to staying where you're at. But thankfulness is the key to increase. Gosh, this is so good. I said murmuring is a key to stay right where you're at. But thankfulness is a key to increase. How you handle it. Now let me say this. It's all about vision and perspective. Everything that was small in my hand, I never seen it as small. It just happened to be where it was at at the moment. When we were pastoring in a storefront, to me I was on Daystar and TBN every Sunday. That's how I brought it. Let me say this. You better bring your best every time. Because you never know who's sitting in the crowd. Come on. Bring your best. You got to prove yourself faithful. Someone said, well, I studied the Word. If I was a preacher, you wouldn't study the Word if you was a preacher. Come on, somebody. You got to be faithful. Listen, I, well, I, I, I could sing real good if I was leading worship. You know where the best worship leaders are found? At the very back. That's where it starts. You singing on your whole road, leading your whole road. You bumping your neighbor. Talking about, you better lift your voice. Listen, that's how it starts. Now, how do we handle, how do we see what's in our hand as the little? Listen to this. Zechariah 4.10 says, Who has despised the day of small beginnings? Any Fortune 500 company didn't start out on the list. It started out with faithful. Handling the little. Come on now. Jeremiah 12.5 says, If you've run with the footmen and they have wearied you, how are you going to contend with horses? The training ground is the footmen. If we can't be faithful with the footmen, how in the world are we going to run with horses? This is good. Stay faithful with the mundane. This is what happens. How many knows life can get mundane? And it seems like what you're doing doesn't amount to nothing. I want to tell you this morning, stay faithful doing what you know to do. When you've done all you know to do, stand. Stand, therefore. When you've done all you know to do, when you've done all you stay faithful doing what you know to do. With the mundane things. Listen, how many knows it probably seemed mundane for Elisha to go out into a field every day and saddle up with the 12 yoke, 12 yoke of oxen and start plowing? But listen, what if he would have stayed at home when Elijah the prophet came through that day? He was faithful to be in the field and God visited him in the field. Listen, staying faithful with the mundane is often here where we find the key to destiny. Graduation relies on that which is gradual. You never go to the first grade and then, except for a couple of schools. Y'all have about eight graduations. But listen, most of the schools, the time you start, it's a gradual process to graduate. Why? Because if you can't be faithful with the process, you don't get the cap and gown. But now in the society we live in, they'll sell you because you don't give them the cap and gown because it didn't finish. Come on now. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to finish with this. I'm going to just have to skip so much of this. This is my favorite deal. How many members? Mr. Miyagi. The Karate Kid Part 1. It's not one of my favorite movies because Daniel's son's always getting beat up. 
I mean, and he finally delivers one blow at the end. I mean, come on. That's not, I mean, I like Seagal. You know what I'm saying? He grabbed him by the throat, snatching him out. Just go on in there and do it. You know what I'm saying? Jean-Claude, remember that? <laughs> but Daniel's son was getting beat up. And so he realized Mr. Miyagi was a maintenance man, right? And he saw him doing martial arts one day, and he goes to him, and basically, I want you to train me. I want you to train me to be a champion fighter. I'm tired of getting beat up. There's two ways people change their life, when they learn enough to change or when they hurt enough to change. When they learn enough to change or they hurt enough to change. Well, his deal, he was hurting enough to change. But Johnny's son was beating him up. Remember that? So he goes to Miyagi, make me into this champion fighter. Think about this. I feel like a lot of times this is how we go to God. God, make me a great CEO. God, bless my business. God, pour it out on us, God. As crazy as it seems, listen to me. If God dumped a million dollars on some of us in this room, it would be detriment to us. How many knows the parable of the talents that he gave according to their own ability? So maybe the reason why you don't have more is because you have maximized your ability. It's time to grow again. You with me? And no one in this room has arrived. If you quit learning, you're dying. And let me say this too. The heart of sonship can learn from anybody. Listen to me. A lot of times orphans, that is a mentality. You understand that, right? Orphans arrive at the church fully grown. Sons will always walk in with puppy feet because they're teachable. Sons can learn from the 12-year-old sitting on the pew. This whole mess where we got, well, only a prophet can walk in and correct a prophet. That's baloney. My sons know how to correct me when I'm not right. Now here's two ways to do that. They not jumping up on the table looking down saying, Daddy, you better get down. But when, when my 10-year-old breaks and cries and says, Daddy, you've been working all the time, and that's why I'm upset, don't you think that brought correction to me? It broke me down in that moment right there and realized, hey, there's something a little bit more important than work. What if we go out and gain the whole world but yet lose our own soul? That's your family. Listen. So Daniel's son wants to, he wants to be this champion fighter. I'm tired of getting beat up. I, I, want, I want the deal. God, I want to be the greatest preacher. I mean, whatever it is you want to do, you with me now. So he takes him, he says, all right, show up tomorrow. We're going to start training tomorrow. Well, he shows up. And Miyagi's got him out there, paint the fence. And he's, he's looking, remember, and in the movie, he gets done with the fence. And he goes back and he said, I got the fence painted. He said, the other side? <laughs> what happens? Nightfall happens. He's still out there. Miyagi, up, down, right? What's going through his mind? He's hating him at this moment. I'm trying to preach this to real. I can't tell you how many times I have hated on the inside. I hate to say this. My pastor, 
my employer, and my supervisor. But what would happen? John had to go to the altar and die. Why? Because God was using them to kill some things in me. How many knows the Bible says iron sharpens iron? You're not the finished piece. You're getting grinded on a lot. God will use your neighbor to grind on you. Listen, I'm trying to help us. I'm trying to preach this right here. We had to go to Rochelle yesterday. You ever been to Rochelle, Georgia? I mean, God raised up some entrepreneurs with, on some places to eat in Rochelle. We pray that. Listen, <clears throat> there was one subway there. And you could tell I'm not the greatest fan of subway. All right, so listen. So here's the deal. We get behind these cars, Healy Roads. Catherine looked over and she said, that's your grace grower. I mean, I, I, I'm just telling you, after driving 40 miles from 45 miles an hour, I wanted to come up through the sunroof right there with a, I mean. <laughs> All right, listen. Paint the fence. The other side. Now he brings him back and he's teaching him how to wax cars. What was his whole deal? Listen, he wanted to be a champion fighter. He didn't want to paint no fence, and he did not want to. He didn't know how to learn to wax cars. He wanted to learn how to be a champion fighter. Listen to me. Wax the car. What happens? Finally, he gets mad with Miyagi. It says, "You're ripping me off. Saying I'm a child labor, and you haven't shown me anything." And he stands him up, and he says, "Stand up, Daniel, son." He stands up and he says, show me paint the fence. He, he said, no, show me paint the fence. Show me wax the car. Then he started showing him the very things that it would take to block off the enemy. Listen to me right here. You think sometimes you're just picking up brick and mortar on a job site. And you see the small picture. But I'm trying to tell you God is teaching you how to endure some things. Listen, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this church right here. Before I was ever entrusted to go pastor in Alma, what did God do? God had me as a phone man. In 19, remember this? In 1999, gave me my first company truck and said, I want you to work these three cities. I want you to drive in them. Why? What God was trusting me right there. Can you be faithful to ride as a phone man and pray over these three cities? If you can be faithful to do that, then I'll let you go preach in these cities. Can I tell you that? God has allowed me to preach in those cities that I was faithful to ride and pray over. Everybody sees the finished product. Everybody sees a T.D. Jakes now or a Rod Parsley now or a Bill Johnson. It didn't happen that way, friend. It didn't happen that way. Have you ever read Steve Harvey's story? He was making people laugh living in a car. You don't start out but here's the deal. Who's faithful to bring the most impact? The ones that can endure the process. At the end of the movie, Daniel Sound was a champion fighter. So here's the deal. What I have to, what I have to get focused on is this. I had to get focused on this. God help me. To not cripple with my mouth what you are trying to do in my life in this season. God, help me to bridle my own mouth.
because the Bible says that the life and death are in the power of the tongue. And the Bible says that we will eat the fruit of our own mouth. Listen, some of you don't like what you're seeing, but it's what you've been, it's what you spoke into existence yesterday. Change the way you talk. I'm trying to help us here. I'm almost done. Listen to this. T.D. Jakes' son asked him, said, when are you going to allow me a seat at the table with the leaders? He said, Dad, you meet with leaders all across, all across the globe. When are you going to allow me the seat at the table with the leaders? He simply responds this, said, when you go kill something. How many knows this? You ain't never went in someone's office and they got this picture of a four-point mounted on their wall hanging out as a masterpiece. That's not a trophy. But let me tell you something. In today's society, listen to me right here. There's a lot of people got the four-point and they're calling that the trophy. You don't never walk in and see a five-and-a-half-pound bass mounted. I make my sons throw them back, eight and ten. Come on now. But what was he telling his son? When you go kill something, this is what he was saying. When you go tackle something bigger than you are and you bring it back, then I'll give you a spot at the table. Because, see, the spot at the table is earned. It's proven. Gosh, this is good, y'all. The spot at the table is proven. And when you, listen, you're David, anointed by Samuel to be the king of Israel. The whole army and Saul is held up by Goliath in the valley of Elor. What happens? When, when, did, when did he, when, you, but before Goliath, you didn't hear nothing about David. But when he took Goliath down, what did you hear? Saul has slain his thousands, but David has slain 10,000. Why was that sung about David? He ain't slain no 10,000. He had only killed Goliath. But you know what they knew? A man that could take Goliath down could take 10,000 down. I'm telling you, church, God wants to give us all an inheritance in this room. And you got an inheritance that's worth far more than any $5 million in Christ Jesus. Did you hear what I just told you? This is what kind of inheritance. Let me tell you what true riches is. I don't care. how I've been beside beds of multi, multi, multi millionaires. I was standing beside, I'm talking about multi probably close to 100 times. And his brother was dying of cancer. And all of that money in the world couldn't touch nothing that was happening in that bed. Let me tell you what true riches is. It's walking with the power of God to go in there when that man's dying in his deathbed and say, man, listen, your money don't mean nothing at this point. Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. That's true riches. But the pathway to that. And you got to, I ain't going with the other side too. People say, well, it ain't, that money ain't everything. Let me tell you something. Money makes life a whole lot more funner. Come on. How many knows that a flay is a whole lot better than a hot dog? You better believe it is. We was at a nice restaurant, and I was watching my oldest son. I said, I wonder how he's going to order. So I'm just watching him. He said, I will take 
the ribeye with a lobster tail on the side. But I'm talking about, I will have the lobster bisque. <laughs> How many knows that's not through the process? Huh? I'm done right here. I can't preach it all in one day. I'm done. Listen to this. Catherine and I was married. I was about 24 years old. No, probably about 22, 23. My dad was building his house on a lake in our hometown. And I went by to see him a minute. It was right before lunch. I run by to see him. <clears throat> My dad was doing the finished work in his house. And, and I went by there and I said, Dad, I said, you cut yourself? His finger was just, I mean, just bleeding. He had that wrapped up, you know, just old shop cloth or something he had torn. I said, Dad, your finger bleeding? I mean, you cut yourself. He said, no, he said, the hide's gone off of it. I said, the hide gone off? What you, what? And then he said, well, you know, we put that crown in there. We send it down. Just, you know, what I'm talking about you run that white lightning, 30 out 6. He had dragging that whole house, about 2,600 square foot. Every window frame till all the hide was gone off his finger. I sat there and I remembered as a young boy, Daddy, you got $20? Daddy, you got 40 Daddy, you got, listen, I'm going to take her out nice tonight now. You got, you got $100? And as I pulled off, I began to weep, realizing that the price my father had paid so that I could do all of that. Let me tell you something, church. There's a generation before us that is dependent on us to make right of what they left us. And let me tell you this. There's a young man there's an old man on the inside of you that's expecting you to steward the young man well. How do we handle what's been given to us? This is my prayer all the time when I'm with God. God, if you destined me to get it to the 60-yard line, I don't want to get it to the 59-yard line. I want to get it to the 60-yard line. I want to spend my time investing in the lives of the people that God has around me. That's the greatest investment you can ever get. Because when I go into the ground, none of my finances is going with me. None of my trophies are going with me or nothing like that. There's a scripture out of Hebrews 11 says, Abel being dead, yet he speaks. The only thing that I'm going to leave on the earth is the legacy in my life that I have placed inside of my, the people that God has entrusted me. How does a dead man speak? John Sr. still speaking today and he's speaking through John Jr. what he's placed in my life. Long after I'm gone, I want you to be able to preach my funeral and say he was a hard worker. He went for it 100% of the time. That's how I'm going to be known for. Not that I was some great preacher. Say that he could pray. That when I heard him pray, I knew something was happening. That's what really moves heaven anyhow. I want to be faithful with the inheritance that God has entrusted us with. Friend, how we steward the little determines everything. I'm telling you, God wants to bring increase to us that will blow our natural born minds. But it's going to take the shifting of the mind to be able to hold what He's going to do for us. I'm just telling you. Stand up on a prayer of us and then we'll get out of this house. We're going to baptize.
Just lift your hands right here. Father, we just thank you today. For the word of God, we thank you, Lord, for just the, just the heart of a son to be faithful to the Father's mission. Just to be faithful for what you've handed us, God. Church, I can't stress this enough. Right? Hey, look at me. How many knows a parable of the talents? <clears throat> They're handed to each according to their own ability. But how many knows this? One of them, one of them, Jesus said, because you've been found faithful with this, I will make you ruler over ten cities. You remember that? And in that, I mean, I ain't got time to get into finances, but, but what all of that had to deal with is he knew how to, he knew that though in that parable, that was a parable about, he got the revelation of how money could make money. How many knows money can make money? We got to get out of this mindset that we're just some orphans hanging on here to make it to heaven one day. Friend, I want to tell you something. You might get mad. I'm not worried about it if I'm going to make it to heaven. I'm going on the first load. You know what solidified that in my life? The cross and accepting what Jesus did for me on the cross. I accept the finished work, what He did for me, that He forgave me of my sins, that He cleansed me, and He has filled me with His Spirit. So that's not the deal. Listen, if you're lost in this room, you can get saved just the way I did. How? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive what He did for you, friend. It's a free gift. Now, the role of every believer in this room is not to see if you can get to heaven, but how much heaven are you going to bring to earth and bring an influence in your place that God's given you? How much are you going to influence society around us? This might, but you know the Bible says you can make friends with unrighteous mammon. You can make friends with money. I've made a lot of them. You got somebody mad with you? Bless them. Watch it. They expecting a retaliation. Go buy and give them a hundred dollar Longhorn gift certificate. What? Father, I just thank you for just the great inheritance coming into our lives. Come on, just receive it right here. Father, I just thank you for growing us, growing us right now. I thank you that we are a people that is teachable. And Father, we say, teach me, train me, God, grow me. Father, we want to be like Daniel's son. Let us paint the fence, let us wax the car, but we know this, that you are preparing us. You are preparing the man to hold everything that you're sending our way, God. I thank you for increase over this house and over this people. I thank you for businesses lifting off like never before. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for great resources coming into the kingdom of God that we may be a blessing in this community. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I bless your people today. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media.